Hi, and welcome to Tennis Volley Talk, episode 13 by Brian Danielson. Uh, today, I was going to have an else guest today, but they did not show. So what I'm going to go back and kind of recover uh, some tidbits of uh, history of tennis. But today, what I'm going to do is go over how tennis clothing has changed over the years of tennis from the 1920s, 30s, uh, up to the 2000s is what I'm going to try to go ahead and, uh, and cover today. But one of the reasons why I wanted to do this too is uh, from a friend of mine, her name is Jess. This is for you, Jess. Uh, he, she was telling me one day when I was talking about the podcast and what I was wanting to do, uh, she was saying that, uh, you know, why don't you do something on the clothing and how it's uh, changed and, and stuff. Because when she was going through high school uh, and they wanted her to wear the, the tennis uh, skirt and, and, and stuff, and then uh, she just felt so uncomfortable being in high school and just uh, didn't like being in, in a that short of a skirt. She wished it would have been longer. But uh, I just said I gave a little bit of a uh, thing on the history of uh, tidbits uh, not too long ago with the clothing. Uh, but I'm going to go in depth a little bit more with uh, the clothing of of the since the 20s and 30s all the way to the 2000s. Uh, so this is for you, Jess, and I uh, hope you'll like it. So anyway, uh, for men and women uh, are so uh, different today. Back then, men in the 20s and 30s, they wore uh, long sleeve shirts and, and long wool trousers, while the women wore uh, hats, very fancy hats, and then like uh, petticoat kind of dresses that went to the ground. And uh, that's kind of what they ended up wearing. Uh, and it was kind of a symbol of wearing white back then uh, for, for that, but it was also uh, kind of a symbol of being uh, rich too, wearing white uh, clothing back, uh, back then. Uh, easy, uh, but that also easy, uh, also eventually then became the dress for Wimbledon is all white uh, for dressing uh, for Wimbledon. Uh, that's where they came up with, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, gradually uh, became a rule for Wimbledon. Uh, so that would by, be the tennis whites for Wimbledon. Um, in the 1920s, uh, though, French uh, player Suzanne Lundgren uh, caused a stir at Wimbledon with bare arms, also were flapper-style headbands. They wore the flapper uh, back from the 20s. Uh, flapper headbands is what she ended up wearing, but she ended up causing a stir because she had uh, bare arms uh, in, in playing tennis uh, back uh, at that time. Uh, and René Lacoste uh, was a French tennis player that created the lightweight, breathable cotton shirts uh, 
known as polo, uh, had a crocodile on them, the symbol for the polo, uh, started mass producing them in 1933 is when he started mass producing them and um, still have the crocodile on them uh, today as a symbol because his nickname was the crocodile uh, back in the day. Uh, in the 1930s, uh, Helen Wills Moody, uh, courtside court clothes uh, were uh, fit in with the boxy silhouettes of the, of the 1930s. She preferred to wear knee-length pleated skirt, knee-length, uh, and her signature white visor is what she ended up wearing. Uh, that was kind of the, and it kind of showed a boxy and the silhouette, and then the, the skirts were pleated. Back then, uh, as they got into the, the later days of tennis, skirts always seem, always were pleated. They did have regular, like, straight skirts, uh, but uh, the pleated kind of looked better with the moving and playing of tennis, uh, uh, the movement. Is, is what it ended up, and that always looked good uh, uh, in playing uh, for the women back then. Um, in the 1940s, the ultra-feminine outfit uh, worn by American Gertrude Moran uh, at Wimbledon in 1949 was a hint of the 1950s trend to come. Her top, her top, uh, had ruffles, and she intentionally wore shorts designed by British courtsman Ted Tinling uh, with lace that peeked out. She, uh, as she played, the pho 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 photographers uh, would uh, lay flat on the ground so that they could try to get a picture of the shorts, the lacy shorts that she had uh, underneath. So that was kind of the big controversy and the big thing uh, back then, but still all white, uh, so tennis white still, uh, and, uh, but that was kind of the scandal back uh, in, in th that era in the 1940s uh, with that. And then came the 50s, uh, uh, were all about clenched waist, uh, decorative cardigans and feminine pleated skirts worn by Maureen Connolly. In 1952, British player Fred Perry launched his namesake uh, sportswear in 1952 uh, after he had retired. Uh, thus then had the men then um, wearing more of the cotton shorts, shirts, and then the shorts, uh, which men have always tended to wear over the years uh, with shorts is what they have always tended to wear. Uh, over the years, too. And uh, with that, too, uh, with that in mind, too, uh, the 1960s uh, were kind of a, a mood fashion, really, uh, like uh, streamlined tennis tunics uh, and um, pops of gingham were popular, worn by Virginia Wade of France back in the day in the 1960s. Uh, 1970, with the 1970s coming along then too, uh, American John McEnroe and Vita Scarolitis sported terry cloth headbands, uh, colorful 
polo shirts, striped uh, polo shirts, and short shorts. I mean, they were like short uh, back in the day. Really showed more leg uh, than even the women uh, did with the short shorts the men wore back in the 70s. I even had a pair and wore, wore those too. That was just the, uh, the realm of the uh, day of the 70s back then uh, with that. So uh, in that, with that too, uh, you know, the originally a knitwear company by the name of Fila started uh, making those, uh, the shirts and striped polo shirts and the shorts, uh, which was endorsed by uh, Swedish tennis player Bjorn Borg. Now in the 1980s, uh, the uh, outfits became tighter and leaner uh, for, for all over. American players and white actually wore a one-piece unitard, all white in 1985. Officials told her to wear something more appropriate uh, for the next day's match uh, for them. Now, this is probably about the time my friend Jess, where she started, was playing in the 1980s, uh, probably mid-80s uh, in, in that era, uh, 90s in, the, in that era of high school. That's whenever she was playing, and she uh, did not like uh, and just felt uncomfortable uh, with, with wearing the short skirts that she had to wear for tennis. She just wished they were maybe longer or something. I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, that's that's kind of in the era of that she kind of grew up playing tennis, and so therefore I wanted to cover all the decades of tennis and what how different uh, the the fashions became over the the decades of that time. Uh, with that, uh, now she's wearing a one piece white unitard she then like i said and white was then uh, uh wear something more traditional uh for the next day's matches in 87 though chris everett actually lost a diamond bracelet on the court so the match had to be delayed until they found the diamond bracelet thus however uh this uh, led to the diamond bracelet uh Edition of bracelets uh, for for tennis and and women to to have those. In 1990, American Andre Agassi then uh, had den denim shorts with a fluorescent um, biking short underneath that with a colorful shirt, uh, all multicolor shirt, uh, you know, under with that. And that big, uh, thick headband uh, there, too. But, of course, with that, he did not approve of the all-white uh, tennis attire uh, for Wimbledon. So he did not play Wimbledon from 1988 to 1990 because he just didn't like the, the dress code of that day uh, back then. Now, the 2000s, the, uh, the clothes became very stylish and edgy, too. Uh, with different colors uh, and stuff of that nature, too. And uh, then with that, too, um, you know, uh, there uh, in 2018, then 
around, I think, probably 16, uh, 17, 18 in that area. Uh, what is now known today is the tennis skirts worn by the women, uh, which then uh, has this, the, uh, the tennis skirt still looks very stylish, can go any very different, very many good styles. Uh, but then it has a built-in short underneath the skirt. That's called the skort. And then, of course, the very attractive tops that the women can wear uh, nowadays, too, in different, uh, different tops, uh, which are very, very stylish and very attractive. Also, with that, uh, they did come out with then the tennis skort dresses, too, now. So you can also, you know, have those as far as uh, uh, a nice stylish dress, tennis dress, skort. So that way, you know, you're more modest and you don't show off as much stuff uh, that way too. Uh, but, you know, with that too, I just do want to say that for all you uh, YouTubers out there, you know, keep watching, uh, subscribe, like, let me know in comments what you might want to hear. Uh, and also for you YouTubers, uh, you podcasters, if uh, I'm going to be doing Racket of the Day here pretty soon. So if you want to see what I'm talking about with Racket of the Day, go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, and then you'll be able to see the Racket of the Day, what I'm talking about. Subscribe. Let me know in comments what you want to know and hear uh, and stuff of the, like that, too. Uh, so... With that, uh, you know, I'm going to be showing you then uh, racket of the day. Now, also with the racket of the day, this is also another AG uh, Spalding Company racket uh, founded by Albert Spalding back in 1876. Uh, they also made tennis balls and golf balls back in that day, too. Uh, uh, 1926 Spalding rackets were... Uh, some of the top ones being used, being made and used by the tennis pros, such as uh, Bill Tilden and uh, Bill Johnson. 1929, Spalding rackets were introduced to the USA. Uh, the Spalding uh, uh, Ardmore is between the Ardmore, which I have right here, uh, as you can see, the Ardmore Spalding, uh, A.G. Spalding Company, uh, probably made anywhere from, I would say, 1929 to probably 1940. Very good shape. Uh, and that's, that's what uh, this racket is called, the, the Spalding Ardmore. And this is probably one of the top-of-the-line ones that they had for uh, people to be able to get and play uh with in tennis also uh, that way. So very nice racket, uh, very, very uh, stylish racket too. And all the strings are still uh, intact, not a broken string. So that's always a good thing too. Uh, and, you know, very, very good, uh, very good racket, very nice. Uh, called the Ardmore Spalding Racket by AG Spalding Company. Uh, back then. So for all you podcasters, if you want to take a look at the racket that I'm talking about, go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, 
by Brian Danielson, and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about as far as the racket itself uh, and kind of take a look at what I'm talking about. And also subscribe and like, leave comments if you want to. And with that, uh, you know, do that. And also you podcasts, you uh, YouTubers out there, if you want to subscribe to my channel, uh, go to that, Tennis Volley Talk, subscribe, leave comments, even for you uh, podcasters, leave comments if you want to. If you go to the YouTube channel, uh, just have something to look at uh, so you'll know what I'm what I'm talking about, uh, you know, with uh, with that racket, uh, racket of the day, uh, the Ardmore, which is a very good racket, very nice looking racket, too, uh, you know, with that. So, you know, with that in mind, uh, I just do want to wish everybody a good week in playing tennis, wherever you're at, uh, in in. Uh, Hopefully you're getting out and playing tennis and uh, maybe in the next few weeks, I may have a in-house guest. And uh, with that, uh, you, like I said, you uh, YouTubers subscribe to my channel and like it. And you podcasters can take a look at what I'm talking about with the racket of the day on my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk. Uh, but uh, also with that too, Later episodes, uh, I may actually get into, and then with my collection that I have here, I've uh, seen a few other collections uh, so far, and I might actually get in and talk about how I started getting and collecting rackets that I have, and then maybe you can leave comments on how you started collecting rackets. Uh, also, back in the day, I actually had a friend of mine that actually had written John McEnroe when McEnroe was playing with his uh, Spalding racket uh, also uh, and had a broken string, but he signed it and gave a, a letter back to my friend that, and then he kept, he had that racket hanging on the wall for many years. Uh, and then I think his son now has, has it uh, with him. So, but everybody for now, everybody do have a nice week in tennis and uh, be sure and subscribe, leave comments, what you might like. And I will try to do uh, that. And hopefully maybe next week I will have an in-house guest or I'll come up with something uh, and uh, we'll take it from there. And everybody have a good week playing wherever you're at. And thank you and have a good night and day. <laughs>